you are the podcast master. Here it is, number 10 out of 10. I cannot believe I actually accomplished this uh, little idea. 10 podcasts in 10 days over the course of the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo. We, we did this live from the Rural Cloth booth, uh, Las Vegas Convention Center. So a, a huge shout out to those guys for allowing us a chance to do this all 10 days during the National Finals Rodeo. This one uh, I saved for last because this is a guy that, that's been one of my longest friends in the business. We'll talk a little bit about that. He's a guy that has you know, showcased his talents at the National Final Steer Open. He's been the voice of the Velocity Tour for the PBR the last several years. He uh, has worked the last couple of PBR World Finals, and uh, he's a guy that I consider one of my closest friends, not just in the industry, but one of my closest friends on this planet. He's a husband. He's a father. He's an incredibly talented announcer, and he is the latest guest on the Matt West Now podcast. So here it is, my conversation with... Scott Grover. Can I just start by saying I hate morning people? I mean, okay, not really. I don't really hate morning people, but I'm not a guy that gets up super early in the morning. I feel like you're an old man. You probably get up, drink like three, four cups of coffee. Every time I've ever stayed with you, it has been, hey, you want to go work out about six o'clock? And I've been like, no, because I have kids and I'm going to sleep in when I'm on the road. But I'm never in like this super chipper mood. Yes, I'm up and I want to go work out, but I also don't want to talk to anybody. You're only chipper on cardio days. Oh, don't even get me started. Hey, what's your your favorite? Uh, By the way, Scott Grover, welcome. Hey, Finally, I'm on the uh, on the Matt West. Whatever. I've been I've been asking since day one. But here's the good news: you don't get a whole episode to yourself because I got a special yeah, co-host yeah. this week. That's right. That's right. What's uh, going on? People that follow the podcast know that voice. It's obviously it's the return. It, okay, let's not go there. But okay. it's it's the return of Click. He's What's up, back everybody? in the uh, the rule cloth studios here this week. The NFR. What's your favorite movie, Scott? My favorite movie has got to be Tombstone. Really? Yep. I'm a Tombstone fan. Don't like Wyatt Earp. I thought they did. I didn't like that movie. The The first one, the second one, the newest um, one? Well, I didn't like the one with Kevin Costner. Okay. I, yeah. I, and, and I, I, Kevin Costner's only anyway. good in baseball movies. I agree. Hold on. In but golf movies, Tin Cup, that is a good movie. Uh, yeah. It's been 20 years since I've seen it, but yeah, yeah I remember that Tin being Cup's a good a movie. Great movie. Um, really, I figured you'd be more into comedies. It just fits your personality because you're yeah, you're funny. You're outgoing. Like all you're just, the time, I am just a I'm a hoot. You're, he's a hoot. <laughs> I'm a hoot all the time. <laughs> the Fact. last time you heard somebody called yeah. a hoot, uh, I'm over forty yeah, it's been now. Twenty so years. I can start using the word hoot. You're over forty. Yeah, yeah. I just had a birthday this week. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. Happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you. I I actually I actually remember that. Thank you. And I told Megan I was like, oh crap. We've got to call Scott and tell him happy birthday, and then I remembered that I'm in Vegas for a month. Yeah, and that's a sign of old age. I mean, by the time we're done, we have literally been in Vegas for a month. It's horrible. I've spent over a month of my year in Mm -hmm. this city. Yeah, we're gonna. We need to buy a house. We no, because then that would mean we're gonna continue to do this for a long time. That is true. That is true. People don't understand. Like it's hard to be out here. Man, I mean, when we come out for the PBR finals, that's 14 or 15 days, you know, with the velocity that starts the week before and then the world finals. And then you come back out for the NFR. And, and this is really the first time that we've ever stayed for the entire NFR. So, oh, that's right. It's, uh, yeah, it's, we've been here a lot. 
I came out for the INFR, the PBR finals, this. I feel like there was something else floating around sometime during the year that I came to Vegas for. I don't, I don't remember. But yeah, so you're a month, you're a month and a half into but, to, to staying in Vegas. But people think that you go to Vegas and oh, you're living it up, everything's perfect. You know, it's it's not. It's long days. But that's what people think about us every weekend. Right. Man, you guys living the rock star life, and I've always said, "Oh yeah, it's it's awesome." But there's some truth to that, and I will say this: like, we're not getting up, and we're not going to a nine to five. No, we're absolutely not, not miserable sitting in a cubicle in an office somewhere. Absolutely, we do we do have a really good life, but people don't understand. It, it's not like we're not flying in Lear private jets. No. No. We're dealing with the same assholes at the airport that everybody else are dealing with. We're dealing with, you know, the same struggles everybody else has. We are just fortunate enough to get to do something that is really stinking cool. It, it, it's the it's the best thing that I have ever got to do for a career in my life. And I've taught school. I've sold insurance. I've, you know, I've done all of these different things. But to do this for a living and to spend as much time as I get to at home and then fly out for two days and come back, yeah. I spend, I've always said, because I've had businessmen in the, in the airport say, well, you, don't get to, you never get to spend time with your family. I would spend less time at home if I worked an eight-to-five job than I do with the, with the schedule that we keep. And, and what I love is people are like, oh, man, show gets over. You guys go out and party. And, uh, no, it's literally four guys in a hotel room with a box of pizza at 12 o'clock at night eating it as fast as we can so that we can sleep so we're on the first flight out at 6 o'clock. That's where it's different for you and me because when I get done with the show, I'm back to the room by myself. I'm turning on Dateline, and I'm sleeping as fast as I possibly can. I have been flow. Sometimes it's uh, I try to do that party all night thing. That doesn't work in Vegas. You can get two solid days out of that, and then you're done. But you're still, you know, you're still, like, you're not married. You're, you're not tied down. Ladies. You're out He's there. He's just a player. He, He's just a he player. that's it. With an A at the end. With, a, with an A on you, the end. That is the whitest way I've ever heard that said <laughs> in my entire life. <laughs> Sounded good though. Sounded good. No, it didn't. You don't have to lie to him just because I mean, he's sitting here. Sounds good when it comes from an announcer. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Which you talk about being a school teacher. How long have you been announcing? So I started when I was a sophomore in college. Kind We're of talking by, about the late seventies, yeah, early eighties. So, so Nineteen, that would have been nineteen ninety eight. Really, I guess so. By chance, in a way, but I had I have been going. I didn't grow up in a rodeo family at all. So, but I always wanted to be a cowboy. I wanted to rodeo, but I wasn't any good at it. We never had the money. We didn't have horses, and I was too scared to ride bulls and broncs, to be honest. And and but we would go and help at these junior rodeos when when I was in college and. And I didn't think the lady's announcer was very good. So I drove out to her house one night, knocked on her door, and said, I want a job. And she said, well, nobody gets paid over here, and uh, so you're going to have to volunteer. And uh, I said, well, you know, if an opportunity arises, but I want to make something. And lo and behold, that guy got sick the next week. (laughs) I I gathered up all the CDs I could from all of my friends because I had nothing. I mean, I had done lied to this lady and said, I know what I'm doing, and I have all this stuff. <laughs> and I went and worked that rodeo. I think she paid 25 bucks, And I spent the next two years of my life, when I, even when I transferred to K-State, I would drive an hour and a half to her house every other Sunday to announce because this was what I was going to do. And then, lo and behold, I found a picture last night from 2009 when uh, – 
you and me went to Louisiana. Yeah. And then yeah. Uh, long sideburns and all, and it's... You or me. Both of I us. I think we were both... We both pretty, had long sideburns. We were both pretty, uh, pretty ugly to look at, if you want the truth. 2000... Man, that's been a decade ago. <laughs> that could be... Everybody's doing the whole mm-hmm. social media 10-year challenge. We're, we're going to have yeah. to put that out there. That, that, was our, that was our 10 years ago. That's the first time we'd ever worked together. Absolutely was. Yeah. Um, ger- um, Burt Blake. Jeff Robinson called me on a whim i was in mountain city kansas working the pro rodeo and he said he said hey they're looking for a second announcer in it was baton rouge wasn't it yeah yeah Yeah. in baton rouge next week would you go and i'm like man i don't i don't know you know i'm about to drive down there whatever and and uh i ended up saying sure i'll go i had no idea who i was working with and i walked in kurt blake was producing the event it was the chris shivers invitational and and uh little did i know that the the guy i would stand next to would be We'd be partners for the next couple years. Isn't that crazy? And then and and great friends, you know. Uh and and like we've gotten to do so much since then together, which I think a lot a lot of people don't get to enjoy in, in any career path. They don't get to say, "Hey, I got to do this with one of my best friends," you know, this many times a year. Like we got to just keep rolling down the tracks together. And what's funny is I hear young announcers go. They talk about us as a team and how really and, and how we yeah. how how we used to, and we don't get to work as much together right. anymore. But but we've we've done some rodeos together. I think it was the way we've worked out this Oklahoma. We've worked the WCRA rodeo at, here in Vegas at the Thomas and Mac, and we had a flow where I could literally stop. Yeah, in mid sentence, yeah. you would finish my words, and and vice versa. And we've done that. Like it, it's one thing to do that sitting next to each other, like we are right now. Mm-hmm. And announcers, that will be in an announcer stand, and they can kind of look at each other's reactions and their facial expressions. But we've done that where I was in an announcer booth up above the bucking shoots, and you were horseback so far down the arena, I couldn't even see your face. Uh, and, and it's just one of those things where, like, when you get in a groove with somebody, always look at guys like Brandon Bates and Randy Schmutz, yep. who I think were incredible together. Yep. Uh you know Bob Tolman, Boyd Paul Hamas, who were incredible together, and and I am in no way, shape, or form putting you and I oh, in that caliber not. of teams. But but there is there's a certain chemistry. This is going to sound silly, but it's like people find chemistry in relationships with their spouse. But you do that in our line of work as well. Bullfighters well, do it. Bullfighters do it. And and one thing that that we did that you know, we might not have always chose to do it, but we. We traveled together. We stayed in the same hotel room together. We went and ate together. So we spent time we around broke. each other. Yeah, exactly. I mean, honestly, like we were. Yeah, we're split, everybody thinks that because seventy five dollar hotel rooms because you we, you know, again, Rockstar Life. We're not millionaires People by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, I mean, it's changed now. We're both multi millionaires. Multi, and, multi, yeah. multi. We run millionaires whole. in debt. Yes, but <laughs> yeah. but to that point about that chemistry, you know, a lot of people, a lot of models. A lot uh-huh. of companies will get a chemistry with a certain photographer, and it's the same thing, though. I actually had a comment to make talking about 2009, I, and not to make you guys sound old, but it's kind of a testament to you. Then stop right there. I didn't. Uh, I didn't see my first bucking bull until t- 2010. Really? Really? Yeah. So Hampton, Virginia, it was the first. It was like a touring pro then, but that was the first time I ever saw a bucking bull. So. Was either one of us there? I don't. I think one of y'all might have been there. I'm not sure. I but you Richard don't know for there. sure. I'm not, sh- okay, not sure. Okay, then it's not important to the okay. story. Well, there you go. <laughs> I, I would. I would assume 
that around that time frame, one of us was probably there. That's a crazy. See, that was the cool frontier building. time, so it might have been. Yeah, I don't remember. I've been in that building a couple times before it became a velocity. I know that. Has it gotten blurry? Like some of the places you've been, and, and a lot of the people that you've worked with. You know what? No, it hasn't. I, I you know, I can, I can remember back to the uh, the first PRCA rodeo I worked. I can remember back to. You know when I when I worked for even when I worked for Tough, I can remember those buildings. I can remember walking into them, and I still to this day walk into a building and I look around at all of those seats and go, "This is cool." Yeah. I shouldn't. I probably shouldn't be doing this, but God has blessed me with an opportunity to share the sport that I love with tons of people, and and see. <laughs> these big buildings that I, you know, that I only dreamed of going to as a kid. I'm so glad you said it that way because as frustrating as it is to be in Vegas for a month of our year, I still come over that hill if I'm driving or as the plane's coming down to land at McCarran, I still look out there and I see these massive hotels and casinos on the strip and I think... Holy cow. Like, I'm in Vegas. I still, Mm -hmm. hey, in a few weeks, I'm going to be in New York City. I'm going to open up my curtain. I'm going to look down, and there's going to be the most famous arena in sports, Madison Square Garden. And I'm still going to get that kind of goosebumpy moment that, man, we get to do this. I get to see places that I used to see on TV and didn't even know they were real. And now we get to, you know, we get to do that every week. Well, like it's like the first time I walked into the Lazy Arena and got to pick up a microphone in there. Yeah, knowing same. that that was that's the building that Clem, Clem's voice rang through that building for so many years. Um, getting to walk down, and I had walked the tunnels of the Thomas and Mac mm-hmm. when the PBR finals were there, right? And never once picked up a microphone in that arena, which right. you had done that already. Right. But the day that we walked down the tunnel to announce that WCRA yeah. rodeo, even though the bucking yeah. shoots they weren't yellow, they weren't yellow. It, it it didn't look like the national finals, but you knew how much history and great and greatness had walked those halls of that arena. Talking about there. the Lazy E Arena, I the same the same reason I wanted to work there was because uh, I had listened to Clem's voice come through those speakers for so much of my childhood, and I got a call one time to go do a benefit rodeo. And there wasn't there wasn't a couple hundred people in the entire building, and you don't realize how big the Lazy Arena is until you're in there and, and you see how big that place is. wasn't a couple hundred people in there, but to me, that was a Super Bowl because I got to announce it at, at the Lazy. I've I've been fortunate enough to go back and do it several times now in, in different facets and work different events there. But that first time was I mean I was like a kid in a candy store. Some of those buildings just. AT&T Stadium, uh, you know, Madison Square Garden, the Staples Center in L.A. Um, there's a lot of those places that we'll see that, I don't know, they're just special. Yeah, they, they are, and it's because, of, it's because of the history and all of that stuff. I remember I, get, I worked the, uh, the Ram National Circuit Finals in 14, and Clem had passed away in 13. Right. So as soon as and – it, and it was the craziest deal. I stepped up on the stage, looked around that arena – and I looked behind me, and there were two. There were there were three screens, and there was two long screens, and there was Clem's picture on there. Yeah. And I just remember 
I just remember just that feeling of him still being there in that building. And same way when I announced the national final steer open, it was like this is – he was the guy. He was just the guy that we all grew up listening to and respecting and – you know, he never lost that respect from us. But I'm I'm jealous, and, and I'm still to this day very envious of you because you got to work with him. Yeah, you got to work Claremore with him every year. Yeah, my first uh, my my first official PRCA rodeo was in Salina, Kansas, but my first uh, committee rodeo was was Claremore, and we worked Claremore for for years from 2005 to to 13 together. And I remember. Uh, the last performance of Claremore, that that's that May, he never broke in on me during the bull riding. Like I would announce the time, the rough stock. He would do the timed events. We would share the barrel race, and he never broke in on me during the bull riding, except the last perf we ever worked together. Really? And he broke in. He goes, he goes, Scotty. And I turned around. I was a horseback. I said, "What's up, Clem?" He said, "I'm gonna go home, and I'm gonna have some milk and cookies. It's been good to work with you, my friend." And he walked out of the announcer stand. That was the last I mean, time I ever talked to him. Gives you chills. Yeah. Like, it really does. That's pretty awesome. Isn't it? I mean. That's incredible. But people don't realize that, forget about all the bright lights and the cameras and everything. To me, it's it's the moments like that that make this career special. Yeah, we get to travel the world. We get to see the, all this stuff. But it's things like that. It's, it's you know, the night before Mason's accident seeing him at the bottom of the stairs, him hugging me and, and just saying, I love you. Yep. Like legit. That was the, that was it. Yep. Like those are the things that, that pop out that we remember. I don't remember every building. Hell, I don't remember half the people I see every weekend, but I, I remember things like that. Yeah. There, there are those moments in, in life. There's those moments in, in our announcing careers that we will, we'll never forget. Like there's rides I'll never forget. Same. I remember. Same. I re- and and what's crazy is for as many good bull rides as I see, I remember great bucking horse rides better. Really? Yeah. The first time I ever watched Big Tex Buck, yeah. I was I was in the arena at CrossFit Arkansas, and you could that horse hit so hard you could feel the ground underneath your horse shake, and I will never forget that feeling of of what that what that horse did to me on that day. See, that's where we're different because I don't I don't remember a lot of things. I have to spend a lot of time doing homework. Oh, that's and a going back. Of <laughs> that's a that's a Matt West quote for you right there. <laughs> Scott, this you, guy didn't write any and I'll tell you you wanna you wanna talk about envying somebody? Okay. I write down stuff <laughs> every single week. And it could be the same thing about the same guy that I've written down since January first. But I have to have those notes in front of me. Matt West can walk up and he'll go, ah, oh, crap, I left my day sheet at the, ah, forget it. Do you want one? No, I'm fine. I'll find, no, you're, we're fine. I can read it, do it off the screen. And can you have an uncanny ability to remember and retain stuff or tell a story? And that's one thing that you, you have helped me with and you've challenged me. Let's tell a story without statting them. Right. Let's find a way to use everything you have on that paper without, without using a single given number. one number. Yeah, and it and it and it made me a better announcer. And that's well, one thing I've always said is I want to stand next to the best guy going because it makes me better, and that's what has made me better. Well, and and that comes, uh, I can tell you straight up, that comes from three people. Uh, and I think I've said this on the podcast before, but that comes from Clint McSpadden. 
because I would sit and listen to Clem talk about this guy's grandfather roped calves back in the 60s and 70s, and he handed the first rope to his son, and that eventually, became, you know, like I would listen to these stories, and hell, I don't even know if they were true. Well, he could, he couldn't, he couldn't see good enough to read it off a piece of paper for the last four years of his life, so he had to have it retained. But yeah, I mean, he he could tell you a story, and you just you'd buy it. You, you didn't, but again, you didn't know if it was true or not. Right, but but Clem would tell those stories and I think that I think 90% of them were true. Bob Tallman will tell a story in a different energy and I think 9% of those are true. Yep. But it doesn't matter. Yep. You cling to every word that comes out of his Absolutely. mouth. And people laugh, but the third guy in my equation is Jim Ross in pro wrestling because he would tell stories of these characters and I just thought it was incredible the way he that he would get me to buy into a story and now as an adult I, I still listen to him he's getting me to buy into these fictional characters these fictional stories but he's so good at telling a story that I'm all in you're all in and I yep. think that that's what our sport like I think that's where like we can set our sport aside from everything else is getting into those stories well I agree and and Let's be honest. Western sports is never going to reach as many people as the NFL does, the NBA does, Major League Baseball. But one thing that we haven't, I still don't think we've done a good enough job at, is to let the fans understand what makes our guys click. They're, from their workout, social media has helped us with that. Yeah. But from the way they work out to their family life to who they are outside of getting on a bull or a horse or roping a calf – and that's something that I feel like just overall in Western sports, we have to do a better job. I think you're wrong. Um, and I mean that with all due respect. I think that the bull riding world will see the numbers of the NFL, of the UFC. Yeah, I, 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 would, hope. I would agree. I would agree and because I, of the numbers we've been able to put up with, with putting great content on those days. Yeah. We've done a great – the PBR has done an outstanding job of getting that time – at the best time, but of the I year. think I think it's going to take some tweaks here and there. I think it's going to take some some additions here and there. I think it's going to take some uh, some money I- invested in certain avenues. I think that with podcasts, I think that with you know uh, different specialized programming, you look at what the UFC has been able to accomplish. And let's face it, it's two guys punching each other. It's two guys wrestling. It's two guys fight. Like people have literally been fighting in the streets for the entire uh, span of human activity. Like, people have been fighting forever. Mm -hmm. We're putting it in a cage and letting them fight. And that happened for years, and the business was losing money. What happened was they started using specialized programming. They started telling stories about each individual athlete's outside of the cage. And that's when fans got invested, when fans started saying, okay, this guy's a he's a husband, he's a dad, he's a uh, you know, he's got a beef with this guy. People started investing in the athletes and then the sport became a multi-billion dollar right. organization. That's my and, favorite part of especially the UFC because I've watched UFC for years and the thing I probably look forward to the most is those countdown videos and those series that they yeah. do leading up to the, the fight. The fight's icing yeah. on the cake. Yeah. Absolutely. That's why I've I've been a huge fan of uh, of a football life uh, on the on the NFL channel. Man, I, NFL Network that is to me that is the greatest sports show that they can wrap into an hour to get to know an athlete 
from the past or or guy that's going now and and those are just uh you know those are cool insights inside looks at at great athletes and and uh you know i think that uh I think we do just a little bit more of that, and we and I mean we're continuing to grow every year. We're we're the fastest, as they talk about, we're the fastest growing sport in America when we talk about the professional bull riders, and that is absolutely right. I I it pains me that the Chase Outlaw story is not already a movie. That the Chase Outlaw story is not all over Sports Illustrated, um, because had something like that happened in any other sport Mm -hmm. it would be a it'd be the biggest story in the world absolutely and we just i but i feel like we i feel like we did a pretty good job of trying to push that issue um and you want to talk about just an amazing story from from start to finish with that you know of of that one day in cheyenne and we can talk about one day in cheyenne for a couple different people that that changed Western sports. You know, that one day in Cheyenne for Lane Frost changed Western sports. Yeah. And I think that one day in Cheyenne for Chase Outlaw changed Western sports. Yeah. I think, we, I think people looked at our athletes in a completely different way on that day. I think a lot of our athletes started looking at themselves Absolutely. in a completely different way. I know Chase did. Yeah. I, I know for a fact that he started looking at himself different in the mirror from that point forward. Um, I mean, we could talk about what's right and what's wrong with the industry for for days because, like, and I think that that's why I like we have all these ideas because we are passionate because we care, and I think that a lot of people will get into this business. Hey, I don't think I know. There's people that want to be an announcer because they think there's a lot of money in it because they think they can travel the world not because they genuinely care about the athletes or the sport and we've both said this and i'm sure clay could say the same thing i would do this job for free just don't tell anybody that hires yeah yeah yeah, exactly absolutely without a doubt that is uh and I tell people all the time. I mean, I'm a I'm a rodeo photographer. I don't shoot for Dolce and Gabbana. I'm not rolling. There's not. I'm not tripping over money here. But you know, if I could do what I do every day, and I tell people all the time, like when the rodeos happen or the bull rides help going on, we're working. It's those moments before and after when people are telling stories and and when we're. I mean, that's the parts in the traveling. That's the stuff that we cherish and that lives on. Guys, I I've been doing ride pass for the last two years, and, and one of my favorite moments was standing at the desk after JB had bucked off. Um, he had, I'm sure he had slammed something down the hallway, and, and we had talked about how tough he was, and he is. He's one of the toughest human beings I think God ever put on this earth. But just a few minutes later, he comes carrying brand-new baby Jagger to the set, and I, I felt like, and, and I think I was the first person to say, introduce us to this kid. Yeah. And to watch JB's demeanor completely change mm-hmm. from what every fan has ever seen in the arena with a big smile on his face holding this baby. Like, to me, those are the moments that, like, make fans. Well, and I'm, and I'm glad that you, that you were able to share that through Ride Pass because a lot of people, you know, I mean, let's be honest. There's a lot of fans out there who don't like JB Mooney. Uh, 100%. And, and a lot of it's because of success. Yep. Okay? A lot of people don't like Sage Kimsey. Yep. 
or Trevor Brazil. Yep. And I said this about Trevor online a couple weeks ago. He just won his 25th gold buckle. And there's people who are going, man, I wish somebody else could win. I hope he wins 30. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, you know what? I wish there was somebody else that could win too because that means there would be even more superior athletes. And then we get, we get back to those races that are – yeah, you look at Sage. You know, you mentioned he's got five gold buckles. Is he going to get six? Is he going to get nine? Is he going to get 12? Who knows? But I can tell you this. There's some kids in that arena this week Ooh. that can sure take that gold buckle away. For the first time ever, the hair on the back of his neck has to be standing up saying, wow. Because you don't – I mean, you think about that. He's he's probably going to win six. And that's six. that's six in a row. You know, and there's been this controversy of him coming to the PBR or whatever, but he he set his goal to beat Donnie Gay, and he's done it six times in a row. But I'll tell you what, like you said, there's some young guns right now. Stetson Wright, holy cow, that kid rides good. Dalen Swearingen, who has not had the NFR we thought he was going to, will he be able to? Will he be able to mix those two schedules next year to make the NFR? Three schedules, because you forget that he college rodeo too. Oh yeah, in college rodeo, and, and that that's where I think that it's starting to catch up with a guy like Dalen, and maybe not. Maybe it's just the rattles of it's the national finals rodeo. And, and I've, I've heard it said from, from guys time and time again, you walk into that building during the NFR, it's it different. is a totally different kind of deal. And, you know, and, and it's where the greats have been before, mm-hmm. you know. And, and uh, I think, uh, but back to the deal that Western, it's a good time to be a part of Western sports. There's a lot of great, good, young athletes coming. A lot of great young bull riders coming. We've seen that this year. Yeah. That you know some of those, some of the veterans that have been around for eight, nine, ten years and qualified for the PBR World Finals got to set home, or you know really had to go the last minute to get in there because there's guys coming along that are talented, that understand the game and they're coming to play. Well, and you go back to when we were kids. You never thought there would be um, so many ways to view. You know, you talk about. The, the digital platforms. I'm a big fan of the Wrangler Network, you know, that puts out content for free and says, you know, hey, here's rodeo, here's bull riding, here's team roping, here's all these other things. You know, here's some country music to entice people into the lifestyle. Uh, you look at different avenues like that. Then, then you look at even just the podcast space. You know, mine's not strictly Western sports. Uh, but it's pretty heavy. Yep. It's pretty heavy in the cowboy culture and, and the Western way of life. But Rump Chat brings different characters from the rodeo world. Matt Merritt's Roadcast. Uh, Ted Stoven was on the podcast earlier this week. His Cowboy Shit podcast up in Canada. Like, There's just so many different ways to introduce this culture, this sport, this, this life uh, to new fans. And that's what we have to continue to do. Well, and, and like... I continue to go back to the PBR's, uh, you know, motto of "Be Cowboy." Yeah, everybody can be that, and I think, and I think we're going back to where we were in the in the early '80s, where people want that in their life. They want something wholesome. TV is so messed up. News is so messed up. I'm sorry, our government is so messed up. They want something real. And you're not going to find anything more real than being a cowboy, being involved in the Western way of life, whether that's agriculture or, or roping or whatever it is. And and to be cowboy, though, is so much more than just wearing a cowboy hat, wearing boots. It's doing the right thing. And, and But 
I don't care if you've ever stepped into a saddle. I don't care if you've ever even laid your boots on the dirt. If you go buy a pair of Justin boots and, and you want to wear them one time to a rodeo, if you go you know, buy an American hat to, to wear one time in your entire life, good for you. Yep. Yep. And that's where we that I mean that's where we have to embrace those people that want to just for one day feel like they can be a part of something that is so incredibly iconic. I, I got a chance. Me and John Groundy were talking earlier this week, and he said it best. He said, "The American Cowboy is the most iconic figure to date." Yep, absolutely. Everybody can see a cowboy hat, and they know immediately. That's a cowboy. And what's funny is you used to get <clears throat> you used to get uh, laughed at a little bit, yeah. I guess. Even you know five ten years ago, I don't I don't get that as much anymore. Maybe maybe it's because I'm older, but I don't get those little just weird comments and stuff. You know, every once in a while you will, but you know I go through an airport every week, and, and I'm not the kind of guy that wears a cap and then puts his hat in a hat can to carry it through an airport. I wear my hat through an airport because it's. It's part of what I'm. It's part of what I'm trying to sell. You know, I'm. I think it's, it's our job. Life. It's our job to sell that image, that sport. Whenever we leave our house to go get on that airplane. Hey, this guy next to me walks in a room, and and I mean this wholeheartedly. But he walks into a room. He's got a cowboy hat on. Most of the time, he's got a sports coat on, especially when we're in Vegas, and it demands attention. It's because of the beard. Well. And it's his rugged good looks. But, it's you know, it's all of that. It is, and actually, it's funny that you kind of my wardrobe and how I present myself has changed a little bit coming from Virginia. It's just a little bit more, and there's cowboys in Virginia too. It's just a little bit more of a foreign image, and then moving to Texas, it's and even in Texas, like you can from 45 minutes Dallas to Fort Worth are two different places, and you know people are going to look at you differently, and yep. but you know, you know. The pretending and you know how you want to portray yourself but that image and being a cowboy i love wearing my cowboy hat same and, you know if i'll sleep in it like i was telling you earlier i'll be sitting at my computer editing images and a t-shirt and shorts with a cowboy yeah. hat on yeah. just because i want you know i want to wear it it's so. what we all wanted to be as kids i mean i wanted to be a pro wrestler and a cowboy yeah and i'm still working on one on the pro wrestling yeah yeah uh, and there's i i think i think it's coming in the next in the next year or two it might be it might be a reality, but everybody everybody as a kid wants to be a cowboy. Everybody, I know that's all I. And ever if you wanted. didn't, if you didn't as a kid, I feel sorry for you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I wanted to be an NBA basketball player too. That was not ever going to happen. Really? But I thought about it for a couple minutes. Actually, no. I really wanted to be. It was. I was either going to be a country music superstar or be Still involved time. in rodeo. There's a video. Either way, where I have. There's a video of me. Uh, standing behind the TV using, I, I think it was either a TV antenna or a plunger, maybe both at different times, but, uh, you know, strumming a little guitar, singing George Strait's Fireman in my underwear. Um, he still does that. He did that last that's week. That's what folks. I was going to say. Uh, yeah. Um, See him at the Mirage tonight. He's going to do that live. But to your point about being a country music star, the only reason I wanted to be a country music singer as a kid was because of George Strait. Yeah, absolutely. Because George Strait was a, a cowboy. Like yeah. that's that's the only reason I wanted to be a country music singer was because of George Strait. One hundred percent. Yeah, that guy that guy changed my life. I mean, the first time I ever heard George Strait, and still to this day, to this day, in pre-show music, I want to hear 
foolhardy memory. Because the first rodeo I ever went to, they played that song on a record. The announcer played that song on a record as the guys were loping their horses because you could lope your horses in the arena until 20 minutes before the rodeo. Then they'd kick you out. But I always remember that song playing, and it's been in my pre-show, and every guy I work with, I always ask, hey, can you please play Foolhearted Memory at least one time or you know, one time this uh, week yeah. in the pre-show? And, and that, that, wrote, that, that song, the smell of popcorn and the smell of crap, poop, yeah. in an arena – are the three things that will stick in my memory forever from being a kid going to rodeos. Well, and it's going to change this week here at the National Finals because I tweeted out last night. Um, actually, let me let me read you a direct quote from my Twitter, which is just like everything else. It's Matt L. West. Um, this is my tweet 14 hours ago. Between the weed and people farting, I'm tired of breathing. Hashtag Vegas. There's a lot of weed out I, here. I walked there. past that conference, like headed back to the hotel, and I got caught in a couple clouds, and I was Look, feeling good. I don't good. care what people do, I, and I understand there are uh, some extraordinary medical benefits to marijuana, CBD, and all that stuff. You still smell like shit. <laughs> like, I hate the smell of it. I don't like people smoking cigarettes in a doorway. Mm-hmm. I think that it, that might be the only thing on this planet worse than leaving your cart in a handicapped spot at Walmart is it, standing in front of a door smoking a cigarette. I want to punch you in the face. That's that's up there with I hate when people sit on steps in public places. Like I'll step on your face. You yeah, need it's to not be- a chair. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like that's maybe a, I feel like you're being a little outlandish there, click, but whatever. Just get out of the way. What bothers you? Um narrow minded people bother me. Why do okay. you look at me with so, <laughs> no, no, like you looked at, at me with this disdain in your? No, I'm just kidding. I will. Uh, my deal is, but I agree. Whole I see. I try to sit back and see the world as a as this huge picture, and it bothers me that people can't stop for a second and look for the betterment of everything in the world. Um, and one of my biggest problems is is. Animal rights. Okay, I'm going to get on that topic for a little bit. If you don't agree with what I do, that's fine. But you have to look at the bigger picture of what I do, because what I do feeds my family. It feeds my two little kids, and it takes care of my wife. Takes care of our families. I don't. I don't like Thai food. I don't like Thai food at all. But I don't go to the Thai food restaurant and stand outside with a sign that says I hate Thai food. Because guess what? That guy has to feed his family. And if that's what he has decided to do for a living, that's great. It's kind of like smoking, smoking weed. You want to do that, that's fine. Don't do it around me because I, I have decided I don't want to be around. Right. And I'm, but I'm not going to look at you any different. And I feel like, you know, um, we, have, we have huge ties to the circus. The circus was, Ringling Brothers was taken down by people that couldn't see the big picture. And now there are hundreds of families some of them probably, they, they might be homeless. I don't know. But they're sitting there going, what in the world are we ever going to do again? Look at the bigger picture, though. Not just taking food off people's table, not just taking jobs away. But it, it, to me, it's even more important because animals need purpose. They're just like humans. Animals need purpose. And even bigger than that, think of all the smiles that you just took away from a child. Yep. Because 
The circus is is one of the first places as any child, if you if you were fortunate enough to go, that you could just be happy. You could be in awe and amazement of these animals and these people flying around. And like now that that's not there, you've taken joy away from a child, and for that you are an asshole. Mm-hmm. And it's the same way with Western sports, though. Fans that fans that are outside of our realm of doing something every day with a horse and a rope can come here and they they live that through those guys, through those 15 bareback riders this week, those 15 saddle bronc riders, those 15 bull riders. They live through those guys. Just the same way as if you went to a to an NFL game and you you went, man, I was great in high school. You're living you're living through those guys, and it's the same way with with our sport that. We are selling dreams, and you know, in a way, we're we're selling the dream of being a cowboy. Have you ever went to an NFL game and saw people standing out front picketing because uh, football promotes violence? Not once. They hit each other every single every play, play of the game. Not once. I don't. I, like to me, that's worse than going to a bull riding. I, I agree. <laughs> I agree. Oh, thanks. Now I'm in a really bad mood. Well, I, when I wasn't trying to, and well, you know me, I'm a hoot. <laughs> wasn't I wasn't trying to get us to that point at all. But I just want, I just want people to think, look big picture in life. You know, look outside of, uh, outside of yourself for two seconds to see how it's going to affect somebody. I have else. people. It's funny because, to your point, on a very smaller scale, but it's a personal uh, aspect for me. This podcast. People still to this day, we're 40 or however many episodes into it, been doing it for a year. People still will laugh about, oh, that stupid, stupid podcast or Matt's going to do a podcast. But you know what? You know how many people I have come up to me or, or, or direct message me? And for all those people that do that, thank you or tag me in different posts. But different people that have said that it's had a positive influence on them, whether it's in their fitness, whether it's in their mentality, whether it's in their relationship with God, whether it's being a fan of Western sports, anything, it, it's had a positive aspect on it. And I don't give a damn. I don't care if 10,000 people listen to it and one person gets something good from it. That is it. That's all I care about, that one person can reap one positive benefit from it. I do... And it's funny to even say, but we do that charity cornhole tournament during the PBR World Finals. We've been doing it three years now. People still continue. People within our organization continue to laugh about it and make fun of it. And they don't do exactly what you're talking about and see the big picture that, hey, we're raising thousands of dollars for the Western Sports Foundation or we're raising thousands of dollars to help people uh, continue to live their life, whether it's pay their light bill, whether it's you know CT scans or medical expenses, whatever it is, we're doing all of this to help others. Well, so many people sit there and they go, "Well, it's the Matt West Cornell Tournament, so he's doing it for himself." No, it, that, that yeah. is that's that's not the case at all. We you do that to to help better the Western Sports Foundation. Who, I do that for the guys and for, the for their guy, families, right. for the athletes that that I feel are as much a part of my family as people that I'm blood related to. Because just like you said, going back to 2009, we've spent the majority of the last decade together. Yep. Uh, we're family, and, and that's how I feel about the guys in the locker room, the guys in, in rodeo, um, and I want to be able to help them every way I can. Well, and, and just like this podcast, yeah, this podcast helps build your brand. Right. Okay. And right. everything that we do, we have to think about right. our brand. Right. But this sells Western sports 
to maybe a whole different demographic that you never thought of. Somebody's looking through their phone looking for podcasts and yours pops up and they listen to it one time. It's just the same as seeing the 15-15 bucking battle between two great NFL games. If, if we pick up five fans on that day, even though we're not, we're picking up way more than that. That are they're get a, they're getting a touch at that. But if we've made two guys in New York City, one guy in LA that's what, that loves football, if we've made them a fan of our sport, holy cow, what have we done for, you know, that, that's amazing for you for our lifestyle. We don't think about it a lot, but but little things like that, like bringing new fans into the mix, bringing new new eyeballs into the sport. Um, it brings in more revenue dollars, and when you bring in more revenue. You create more opportunity for athletes. Yep. And when you create more opportunity for athletes, you can better the life of those athletes' family. Yep. And big, it creates, and, and honestly, it creates more opportunity for us. Yeah. To, to, yeah broad, 100%. to broaden what we do. Absolutely. You know? 100%. Um, we spend a lot of time on the road, but things have not, not just those long, crappy looking sideburns we had. Have changed, but it's changed a lot for you in the last ten years because now uh, you might fly out some weekends, but a lot of times you might be driving a motorhome yep. across the country, and it's not with me anymore. Nope, it's not with you. It's with a with a wife and a five year old and a three year old. Man, which that makes traveling fun. different. Let me tell you, <laughs> they're, they're running amok. <laughs> well, I mean, they're running around here with ropes in their hands right mm-hmm. now, but it, it it has changed a lot. Yeah, and 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 I wouldn't, and I don't know how to do it now, like during the summertime. I mean, I flew when we went to Eagle, Colorado for a rodeo. We I drove them down the mountain. I hopped a flight to Montana to do another rodeo, and it was, I mean, I was lost. I didn't know what to do without them, you know. And and I'm the kind of guy now that I used to fly out if I had a Saturday night show, I'd fly out Friday morning. Well, now, shoot, if there's a flight that gets me to that city at about ten o'clock or noon on the day of the show. That's probably when I'm gonna fly, because I guess that means I get to read one more book, sleep one more night with them in my bed, hug on my kids one more day. Um, you know, yeah, priorities change, things get different, and uh, but I'm still, still so blessed. It's awesome to know that my kids don't know a stranger. Yeah, and that no matter what state we're in, I'm only a phone call away from help if I need it. Um, you know, my. My little girl, her favorite, her favorite guy in the world, Silvano Alves. Yep. And Silvano will go out of his way, walk across an arena or across a hotel room to make sure that he gives Lano a hug. Aww. You know, my son right now is ate up with bull riding, or bullfighting, excuse me. And Weston Rakowski said, "Man, whenever he's ready, I'll help him." And I know, and I know he will. You know, I know I can call upon any of those guys to to step up there and and help him be the best that he can be in whatever it is that he wants to do. I, I love. And we'll wrap this up real quick. But I love watching on your Instagram stories, watching Statler wearing his Bullfinders Only jerseys and doing fakes in front of the baby stroller. Yeah. It, it, it amazes me that, like, a kid has already started incorporating ways to, <laughs> to, to start – you know, doing what he sees with those guys in that lifestyle. When he sits down and watches, he watches YouTube, and then he goes, he, he'll come back. The other day he said, Dad, I got a trick. I got I got it. Nobody else is doing it. I said, what is it? He said, actually, I got two. First one is I'm going to hold three balloons in my right hand, and when I cape him, I'm going to try to hook one of those on his horns where he pops it. I went, that's pretty good. I said, that's, <laughs> that's a pretty good idea. I said, what's the next one? He goes, I'm going to lay down. 
Let's lay flat. And I'm going to call for him. And just right before he smokes me, Dad, I'm going to get up. I said, well, that one probably not a good idea. But I like the balloon deal. Let's go with that one. I've, I've seen guys try things similar to that. Yeah, and, uh, laying down doesn't seem to Nobody's work. really perfected that one yet. No, not really. It, it doesn't seem like a great... Uh, Gotten close, though. Yeah, I, I've seen people lay down after they called for the bull on accident. Yeah, on accident, <laughs> exactly. Um, Click, I appreciate you adding uh, a whole lot of... Not not a lot to this conversation, but I appreciate you being here. Hey, man, you don't, don't get in the way of a good thing. I got a crazy idea, and it involves you and another podcast coming up real, real soon. I'm down. Right. That's a little teaser for everybody that's listening. Scott, uh, anything else? Dreams do come true, Matt West. Ain't that Let me the tell truth, you what, man? I've been, I've been waiting on this moment. Um, you stood up in my wedding. I, wa- I was uh, in your wedding. You were in my wedding. You have been one of my best friends in the world, and it has literally taken 40 episodes to put me on your podcast. Yeah, but what I... I can't understand is how the hell did you get me to be in your wedding? I hate weddings. I don't know, man. I called you and just said, hey, you must I need, have got me on a, I on need a, my buddy. I bought you a brand new cowboy hat. That's right. A brand new shirt. I said, I need you to be in my wedding. And and what was great was I picked a weekend where there was nothing going on. And I still like everybody find was an off. excuse. You you had no excuse to get out of it. You came, you stood up in my wedding. And I will always appreciate that well, about you. I, I, I really do. I appreciate our friendship. I appreciate the the constant calls back and forth on a daily basis. I think there's been times where you've probably talked to me on the phone more than you've talked to your wife because like that's just. I mean, we we've helped each other get through. Yeah, a there lot used in life. to be that time. We've had to talk each other off some ledges. Before, yeah, yeah. And but but you got to have that, you know, because that's the other thing about this business is, is you get these things in your in your in your brain. You have these goals, and then you quickly get reminded that God has a bigger purpose and he has a different path for us. It's not always the easiest thing to see right away, but we, we've had to constantly remind each other of that, and uh, and, and for that I appreciate it. Yep, I agree. I love you, buddy. Love, you uh, love the family. Click. You're all right, too. Oh, social media. I was talking. I started that whole conversation yeah. about Statler doing the bullfighting moves to uh, lead into. If people aren't already following you, how do they? Uh, at Scott D Grover on Instagram. Everything from there goes on my Facebook anyway. So uh, I think it's Scott Grover on Facebook. What's uh, the D stand for? Not a tweet. Not a Twitter guy. Uh, David. Did, you had to think about that. No, I was trying to. I was trying to say Twitter or Twitter. The Twitter. Twitter I'm not machine. a Twitter guy, but D stands for David. What about you? Uh, Instagram, Snapchat at Click Thompson, Facebook at uh, Facebook.com yeah. slash Click T, Click Thompson. Get up want. in that Snapchat, everybody. Slide in. Scott, appreciate it. Click. Thank you, brother. Thank you, Tom.